All right, so welcome to the series on Filled. We're talking about life with the Holy Spirit. And I can't think of any better day than Mother's Day than to talk about what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and what it means to be sealed by the Holy Spirit because we see both of these expressions in what mothers bring to us, in what motherhood brings to us. You know, just like moms bring babies into the world, the Holy Spirit is the one responsible for birthing us into the body of Christ. Jesus died on the cross so we could be forgiven and have our sins forgiven, but it's the Holy Spirit who does the laboring. It's the Holy Spirit who does the birthing. It's the Holy Spirit who then baptizes us, makes us a part of this thing we call the body of Christ. So that's number one in your notes today. I'm going to hit you with number one fast today, okay? Here it is. We are baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. I talked a little bit about this uh, in our first week, two weeks ago, but I want to just say some more and bring some real clarity to this so that we all understand what it means to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Acts 1, "Uh, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So let's just rehearse this a minute. What does this mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? Well, baptized with the Holy Spirit takes place when we receive Christ, when we are born again, and the Holy Spirit makes us one spirit with the Lord, like it says in 1 Corinthians 6. And what does it mean to receive Christ? What does it mean to be born again? Well, here's what it means. It means each of us must repent of our sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God will live in you. That's what it means to be born again. So repentance is such an important part of this process. Repentance means that we empty ourselves of our unbelief and our sin, and we turn to God and we receive Christ's forgiveness And the Holy Spirit comes to live in us and he fills us up and he baptizes us or makes us one with one another and with the Spirit of God. That's what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 12, he said, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles. We could say some of us are Dutch, some of us are Latino, right? That's what we could say here. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. We all share the same spirit. Would you say that with me? We all share the same spirit. You know, back in the day growing up in Linden, in the summertime, our moms would put us on a berry bus. Anybody remember berry bus? So we didn't really get a break from school. It was out of school onto the berry bus, 7 in the morning. We'd get on the berry bus. We'd go pick berries in the hot sun for 6 or 7 hours. Oh, Lord, could you bring those days back? Right? Moms everywhere saying, please, God, six or seven hours, take my kids to the berry fields. And really, that's what it was. It was free child care for all the moms. We didn't make much money. But we would get home about three o'clock after sitting in berry rows all day, throwing berries, eating berries, dusty, dirty, and berry stained. We'd get on our bikes and we would ride down to the pool, to the swimming pool. What is now the YMCA in the Linden City Park used to be an outdoor pool with no building around it, just a pool house, chain link fence. And so we could, if if you couldn't get in, you could watch from the outside. And it was the place to be in the summer. 
So we'd get home off the bus and dusty and dirty, we'd ride to the pool, and you were required to shower before you got in the pool. But who did, right? And who's checking? And if you remember this, some of you will remember, there was a pan of water at the end of the hallway when you left the pool house and stepped out onto the pool area, a pan of water that you stepped in, like that's going to make any difference in the world at all, right? So we'd step in the pan of water and we'd go get in the pool and the pool would literally be like a mosh pit at a rock concert, wall-to-wall kids, just standing there, you know, just jumping around, just being kids, just being goofy. And keep in mind, we'd just come from six hours in the berry fields, dusty, dirty, and we would all share this cooling, cleansing water of the pool and the refreshment it brought. And who knows what else we shared. (laughs) I'm not kidding. This is what it was. In the same kind of way, we all share the Spirit. And everyone who's in the pool or everyone who is born again shares the comfort, shares the conviction, shares the refreshment, shares the discipline. We even kind of share our dirt and dust with one another as we are one. You know, when we sin, uh, you know, we cause trouble to everybody, don't we, in the body of Christ. So, So it's kind of like that. We share the transformation that the Holy Spirit brings. Paul said it well in Acts 2.4. He said, everybody present was filled with the Holy Spirit. We all share the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, you share the Holy Spirit. You're in the pool. You're enjoying the same refreshment that I am. So what does this look like? We come dusty. We come dirty with sin. We're born again. We're baptized by the Spirit. And when you're baptized by the Spirit, what's supposed to happen is you hand over control of your life. To the Holy Spirit. You know, it's like being out in the fields all day long in the hot sun and sunburned. Like there was no sunscreen. We came home burnt and blistered. And so we'd get in the pool. And and when we got in the pool hot and burned, that water would begin to cool us down and kind of regulate us. And pretty soon we'd be cool again or the water would be hot, one of the two. But we'd be regulated. And so it is with the Spirit. When you're baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, He begins to regulate you. And what should happen is that your life should come more under His control and less under your control. You allow Him to regulate your life. You want to do this. It's not, it's not, you know, a task. It's like jumping in the pool. You want the Holy Spirit to make you a better person. And so, like Paul wrote in Romans 8, he said, you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all, and Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You have been made right with God. God does that for you. This is the immediate work of the Holy Spirit when you receive Christ. It's through His forgiveness. The Holy Spirit applies that to our life. And this is called justification. Can you say that with me? Justification. Very important word. You need to know this word. Hebrews 10:14. For by that one offering that Jesus gave on the cross, He forever made perfect... Those who are being made holy. That sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. 
Jesus forever made perfect those who are being made holy, and the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. Jesus, by his finished work on the cross, has made us forever perfect. And the way to remember this instant perfection of Jesus in our life is this word justify. When you receive Christ and you receive the Holy Spirit, it is just as if I had never sinned. Justify. Just as if I had never sinned. That's how God sees you in Christ. Just as if you had never sinned. It's called justification. Spiritually speaking, talking to your spirit man within you, or spirit woman within you, you are already perfect in God's sight. You are forgiven. You are covered. And then it says in this same verse that we're being made holy. We've been made perfect, but we're being made holy. This is now the progressive work of the Holy Spirit that comes with salvation. Even though through Christ God sees us as perfect, we're still left with this human nature, aren't we? How many of you have a human nature? Let me see. You know that gets you into trouble, don't you? It does. That's, that's the human nature fights against your, your redeemed spirit or your reborn spirit. And, and now the, what God's trying to do is to bring our old nature, our human nature, under submission to the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's role to make us holy. It's a big surprise, isn't it? That's why he's called the Holy Spirit. He lives in you, and his role is to make you holy. And this is an ongoing work. It's, it's talking now about your soul. Your spirit's been made perfect. Your soul is being perfected or made holy. We call it sanctification. Would you say that with me? Sanctification. It's God's progressive work of holiness in our life. 2 Corinthians 3.18, it's a great verse for this. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him, As we are changed into his glorious image. So on the one hand, you have instant perfection, justification. That's your spirit being reborn, being regenerated. And then at the same time, you have the progressive work of sanctification that takes your whole life. So the Holy Spirit's work in your life as you make space for him is that he changes how you think and he changes how you behave over time. And the idea is with him living in you, you should give up more and more and more control day by day by day, as you live with him, under his influence. That's the goal. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. And then the day comes when we see Jesus face to face, when he appears to us, and the Bible says we're going to be in that moment entirely like him, like soul and spirit are going to come together and we're going to be made perfect. This is called glorification. Would you say glorification? Glorification. And then we're going to get a body to match. That's great news for some of us, isn't it? We're going to get a matching body to our glorification. It says in 1 John 3, Dear friends, we're already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears, but we do know that we will be like him. Would you say like him? Like him. We will be like him. We will be perfected like Jesus. Spirit, soul, and body, all together perfected in the presence of Jesus Christ. That is called glorification. For we will see him as he really is. So as we live under this consistent influence of the Holy Spirit, we all share the same water, right? So we bear each other's burdens. We pay the price when somebody else sins. Other people pay the price when we sin. We get the the water kind of dusty and dirty, right? But the Holy Spirit works to keep us, to make us holy. And we're all in the same pool. 
of hope and faith and love and transformation together. And there's no better place to be. It's messy. It's a little muddy. Sometimes it's hard. But what God has designed the church to be is to be that place where the Holy Spirit brings unity to us. Not because of us, but because of Jesus. Unity around Christ. And so we share this pool together. And Paul said to the church in in Ephesus, he said, make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit. Keep the main things the main thing. Keep Jesus the main thing. Bind yourself together with peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope. That's what we keep our eyes on. It's not how muddy the water's getting. It's the glorious hope that we have in Christ Jesus. For there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, He's given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And so, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to keep the main thing the main thing. Keep Jesus the main thing. Keep the Holy Spirit making us holy the main thing. And do our part. We each have a gift. And so so do our part to help us and to help one another change and grow and be transformed. That's what the church is for. If the church was meant to be perfect on this earth, guess what? You'd have to leave. And so would I. Nobody could be in it. Jesus said the church is a hospital, pretty much. It's where sick people go. Anybody else sick? Let me see. I am. Sick in my sin. All right, so oneness is what proves to a watching world. Unity, love is what proves to a watching world that the Holy Spirit binds us together in Christ and we're baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. Okay, that's what baptism of the Holy Spirit is all about. And then number two. Let's talk about this thing called sealing for a few minutes. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit and guaranteed our eternal inheritance. We are sealed. So when you receive Christ and you are truly regenerated, you get a new spirit, you're brought to life, you're reborn, this has sealed you to be His child forever. I have a couple children. I have their birth certificates to prove it. Here, I left my big giant book down here i was going to show you this this morning i'm pretty proud of this book got this giant book here and in in here i've got a couple of birth certificates because i have i have two kids so two birth certificates skadja valley hospital levi and Lindsay. here they are right here this proves that we had kids so if you ever wondered if we really have kids we do and i've got the certificates to prove them right here they are I have birth certificates. Now, these are not legal. These are certificates, but they have little feet on the back. There they are, right there, right? This is for you, Mama, right there. Happy Mother's Day. And these kids belong to us. Come what may, good times, bad times, these kids are ours. And nothing will ever happen to change that truth. And the same is true with being born again. When you're born again, when you're truly regenerated, when your spirit truly receives the changing work of Jesus Christ, you're his child. You're his child. And in Ephesians 1, it says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. 
So placing your faith in Jesus Christ, when this truly happens, it's not just hearing about the gospel and sort of going along with the program and kind of going to church and stuff like that and kind of doing the right things. No, I'm talking about authentic, real regeneration of your spirit, being born again. This activates this regeneration, being born of the spirit, and the Holy Spirit seals this promise in our hearts, and we belong to Jesus. And we don't belong to ourselves anymore. That's why we don't live for ourselves anymore. We live for Him. We don't keep on sinning the way we used to sin. We don't live in the patterns of sin we used to live in before receiving Jesus and being sealed with the Holy Spirit. No, this transforming work of the Spirit brings us out of patterns of sin from glory to glory called sanctification. Like I mentioned last week, if we continue to sin in those old patterns that we used to live in, this grieves the Holy Spirit. And again, I'm not even saying that you lose your salvation. But you bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you continue to drag Him through the same sins you were forgiven from. And you drag one another through. You get the water dirty. You know? And so we want to let the Holy Spirit do His work. And if we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, we're all in the same water. God's going to have His way in our lives. Amen? And that's what we want. Paul said, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So when you have a baby, and that baby has a baby certificate, or you adopt a baby, and this baby also gets an adoption certificate, now this baby legally belongs to you legally belongs to you and that doesn't change this baby is officially yours i'll show you a picture of my neighbors and i I use them a lot because they're my neighbors and i love this family this is the vanderveens and they just keep bringing kids home and i kind of wonder you know when they're going to be done but i mean like every once in a while another kid shows up make no mistake though this commitment this is gotcha day right in the courthouse But make make no mistake, this commitment only begins at adoption. This commitment only begins at birth, but it's a lifetime of promise to care for and to raise and to nurture and to give these kids what they need. You will be present in their life, their whole life. You will raise them. You will give them what they need to succeed and become the best they can be. You know, recently, if you're friends with the Vanderveens, you may have noticed in the last few weeks... Their daughter, Aria, began to walk. When they adopted her, she had no use of one leg. She was on a little scooter and an awesome, awesome kid with a a willpower that will not quit. But they took her down to the hospital, and they were able to fit her with a uh, prosthetic, and now she's walking. You know that if she had not been adopted, she would probably never walk her whole life. Probably never walk her whole life. But because she's been adopted, because she's been brought into the family... They're doing everything they can to give her what she needs to live the best life that she can live. Why? Because she's been sealed to them. She belongs to them. And they will do everything they can for every one of their kids to do what it takes for them to have the best life they can have every day, come what may. And I share that with you today because the same is true with God. And sometimes we don't think about God in these terms. But the same is true with God, that being born and sealed by the Holy Spirit 
God wants our best every day, come what may. And no matter what we do to try to mess that up, God's still faithful. In fact, the Word says, even when you're faithless, God is faithful. I don't know about you, but I love that about God. Paul said it like this in Romans 8. He said, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Not death or life, not angels or demons, not our fears for today, not our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul's pretty clear. Nothing can separate us from God's love. God's love that is revealed through the redemptive and regenerative work of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit when you receive His power and His presence into your life. This is one of the most amazing roles of the Holy Spirit. As we talk about the Holy Spirit, this is one of His most amazing roles that we should be thankful for, that He seals us. He seals us forever as children of God. He makes us one of God's own children. We belong because of the Holy Spirit. And this is one of the amazing benefits that He brings us. The Holy Spirit is God's guarantee in us that we will receive our inheritance. 2 Corinthians 1.22 He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything He has promised to us. The Holy Spirit is like the down payment. Anybody have a home here that you bought? Unless you're really rich, you probably had a down payment. And the down payment says, I'm serious about this home. I'm investing in this home. I'm willing to lose all this money if I default on my payments. That's how serious I am. And the Holy Spirit is serious about us. The Holy Spirit is our installment that what God has promised in heaven is going to come to pass. We're going to be with Him for eternity. It's not a certificate that you bring home from church. It's not having been through a certain amount of classes like shape or anything else. It's not how well you give. It's not how often you come. There's one way to be sealed, and that is having the installment of the Holy Spirit through believing in Jesus Christ and being regenerated. So, bringing home a baby is expensive. Have you noticed that? Anybody notice? It's expensive to raise kids. I just got the latest figures. I think 2015 is the latest that they projected that if you start in 2015 and you raise a kid to the age of 17, it's going to cost you roughly $233,000 and $610. That's for middle income. What is middle income? I'm not even sure what that is. But carrying a baby, giving birth, the cost on your body, it's high. And if you adopt, man, it's astronomical. It's interesting to me how they don't really help. People adopt. It's so expensive. Birthing and adopting are only the first installment of a life involvement. But your commitment to these children is its every meal that you set before them. It's every soccer game that you go to in the rain. It's every pair of shoes 
that you buy them. I mean, I was doing the math on the Vanderveens. Seven kids, okay, times uh, 233. Somebody do that really fast, will you? Some math whiz. Let me know what that is. Okay, here's one. Every middle school concert that you sit through. I mean, we're talking substantial pain here. And cost. That goes on a lifetime. It never ends. It never ends. You will always be a parent to your children, no no matter how how old. And then you'll become a parent, a grandparent, a great-grandparent. So there's that involvement that continues. But then there's the inheritance. Let's talk about the inheritance for a minute. It's it's not enough that we spend 233610 on each kid. But then also, we, all of us as parents, I know, we want to leave them something. Like my parents were dirt poor, but somehow my mom squirreled away money without my dad knowing in different places. And we all got this neat little gift when mom finally passed. It wasn't a lot, but it was something, you know. And and that was her heart. She wanted to give us something when she was gone. And it really is the thought that counts. It really didn't matter how much it was. But the fact was that mom wanted to leave an inheritance. Why? Why do we want to do that? Because they belong to us. We provide not only for their present needs, we provide not only their meals and their shoes, but for their future needs as well. We want to make sure that they're set in life. We want them to have some help as costs of buying a home keeps going up. We want to be sure that each child will receive what is available to them, protected for them in living trust. This is why I brought the big book up. This is our living trust. I really recommend that you do either a will or a living trust. But the beauty of a a living trust, which is a lot like the gospel to me, is that if you have a living trust, then when you leave and your kids get to go through all your stuff and uh, figure out how much you left for them, it doesn't have to go through probate. And so there's no other costs involved. The living trust makes it possible to minimize the costs and the time that is spent for your children to get their inheritance. And that just is so like the gospel. You know, Jesus has a living trust for us. And he has sealed that into our lives so that we don't have to go through the pain of judgment, of probate. But it's all taken care of. All we're going to have to do is is walk up and the Holy Spirit will say, this is one of ours or something like that. I don't know for sure. God will know. He'll see. And we'll get to enter right into the presence of the Lord. No court, no judge, no judgment for us. Jesus has a living will for you. Why? Because you belong to him, because he has sealed you, because you care for him. He cares for you. That's a very, very powerful image to take with you when the storms of life come. And you remember, yeah, but my father's with me and and I have an inheritance. It's so, so important to remember. Paul said in Ephesians 1, Now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee. Would you say guarantee? Guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised And that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. 
Our inheritance, what God has sealed for us, is the ultimate promise that we, along with you know, people over thousands and thousands of years, are His own people for eternity. And the Holy Spirit who lives in us today is your guarantee that God has sealed your life. And how do you know the Holy Spirit's in your heart? You know because of a personal witness that He gives you. And because as the days go by and time goes on, you begin to change more and more and more in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And over years, you become more holy. You become transformed because of the Holy Spirit living in you. You're not the same today as you were before. And so just like we've prepared a living trust for our children, God has prepared a living trust for us. 2 Corinthians 5.5 5. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So I've got great news for you today. This Mother's Day, you've not only been born into the family of God, but you've been adopted into the family of God. You've been covered twice. You've got it both ways. You've got the best of both worlds. God has birthed you through His Holy Spirit. When you've received Christ, you have a new spirit living in you that's connected to God. It's already, it's already justified. It's already perfect in His sight. But you also have been adopted so that God has received you as, as His adopted child, not only His firstborn child. And God loves you that much. God would cover you twice. That's a beautiful thing, I think, today as we think about the significance of this day. Galatians 4, 6 and 7. Because we're His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. I told you last week that means Daddy. Daddy, Father. That's the kind of relationship God wants with you. The kind that a baby would have with his own mother or father. A baby that says Abba or Opa is actually even better. In my opinion, you know. So now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you're his child, God has made you his heir. And as his heir, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit who lives in you. You know, I'm just aware sometimes that we lose sight of God's faithfulness. I I think that we live in our own unfaithfulness so much that I think sometimes that concerns us and it worries us whether we're going to make it or not. But we depend on God's faithfulness. God is the one who is faithful. And yes, of course, we want to live our lives in obedience to Christ and do our best to move out of patterns of sin and not live the way that we used to live. But if you fall and fail, I want you to know God has you sealed. God has you sealed. Just come back. Just confess Just receive again His gracious love, forgiveness, and acceptance of you. Would you stand with me this morning? Worship team is going to come. We're going to sing one more song. Now before we do, I want to pray for you this morning. And particularly, I want to pray for two groups of people today. One group are those who sometimes you lose sight of God's faithfulness. Sometimes when your life gets stormy... Uh, you wonder if he's forgotten about you. And I want you to know, and I want to pray this over you today, that he has not forgotten about you. 
And then the other group of people are those who have not yet received Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you're here today, I'd love to disagree with you about that so that you can receive forgiveness for your sins and you can start this life with the Holy Spirit. So let's bow our heads this morning. Father, today as we come to you, we come as your children. That is what you said we are. And God, you told us that that you have perfected us in Christ, that we belong to you and that you love us with your whole heart and that you're our father, you're our daddy. And this morning, Lord, I just know there's someone in the room that needs to be reminded of that. That you're our daddy. That you love us like a daddy. You do it perfectly. So today, Lord, we thank you that you have made provision not only for the rest of our life, but you've made provision for our eternal inheritance. And that when we get to heaven... We get to see you face to face and we get to see all that you've stored up for us and promised us. We are going to be blown away by how much you have stored and made ready for us, Lord. So help us to live that way. Help us to live with eternity in mind. Help us to live with our inheritance in mind. Help us to live knowing that we are sealed by your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, today, for anybody that just has not ever really said, Jesus, I need you. I need you to forgive my sins. Cleanse my life. Give me a new spirit. Justify me. If there's anybody like that here today, just pray with me now. Lord Jesus, I understand that you're the Son of God. You came into this world for the very purpose of saving us from our sin. Your word says that you came to seek and save the lost. So today, Lord Jesus, I say, I am lost. I am lost without you. And I need you. And so today I receive you. I simply act by faith and I put my belief in motion. And I say, Lord Jesus, I I don't understand it all, but I know that I can receive you into my heart today and you will forgive my sins. So I ask you to forgive my sins. There have been a lot of sins, Lord. Forgive my sins. Cleanse my life. Give me a brand new spirit, a brand new heart that Almighty God could see me through Christ and see me perfect and ready for heaven. So, Lord Jesus, I receive you today into my life. I give you my heart. Thank you for loving me, forgiving my sins, and for preparing a place for me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You know, if you did that this morning, I love to hear from you. There's nothing that touches me more than thinking that someone gave their heart to Christ. So email me, call me, come see me after the service. Love to talk with you and pray with you. We're going to give our tithes and offerings as we close today. So let's just worship the Lord as we do. God bless you.